Hello, and welcome to Finding Middle Path, a podcast about all things DBT, dialectical behavior therapy, and the resources surrounding it. Today, we're actually going to be talking about some of those resources, some of the favorite books that I use that are non-DBT. So I hope that you stay with us today to discuss all things resources. So today we're going to be discussing the top three books I use on a weekly, if not daily basis that are non-DBT resources. While they are non-DBT resources, they do have a lot to add to the other DBT skills, hence the reason I utilize them. The first one is no surprise if you've been a client or a friend or you've pretty much talked to me for more than an hour and it's the book Boundaries. Yes, yes, I know I can't talk about this book enough, but I'm not kidding. It had a profound impact on my life and my family's life when I was 24. Yes, I know I don't look 24, but that's okay. You believe what you want to believe. Anyways, um, this book has been so monumental. I go back to it time and time again. First of all, it's been around for very long, and I've even done studies through my church on it, and it does have a biblical undertone. Yet, I tell people there's still some principles in the book, even if you're not a Christian, or those are not things that are important in your life. If you are a Christian, Man, oh man, it hits home in a lot of areas that you go, oh my gosh, what a great new way of looking at this biblical principle. Oftentimes, I revert just to the 10 laws of boundaries, and we can go over those in just a second. But remember, Dr. Cloud and John Townsend have the rest of the book laid out to give you a lot more examples about what a life looks like without boundaries, and what a healthy implementation of those boundaries look like. I think this is something that many of us are not taught. And it's so hard to break that cycle of implementing boundaries. It's easy in some relationships because it's not too hard. But we find it the most difficult whenever we involve family. And I know a lot of you have really struggled with implementing boundaries with family. And I just want you to know, it's not just you. Remember, as we talk throughout the book, boundaries are flexible. They're like fences. They allow people to come and go that you want to be there. They are not concrete walls where no one can pass through. Walls are not what we're talking about here. I know some of us love to put walls up as a defense mechanism. Just remember, that's very isolating and it actually does not solve the problem. It's that avoidance word we use sometimes. I will say there are a few caveats whenever we talk about boundaries, such as unhealthy, unsafe people, and we're talking really dangerous people. Those are people we exile. Those are people who really have no business in our life to begin with. They're so unsafe. They are not willing to work on anything. 
and there's some unlawful activity that they're engaging in. Be sure to discuss that with your counselor before you exile anyone. Exiles are rare and necessary. So let's go over the 10 laws of boundaries. So it starts with the law of sowing and reaping. This is really easy to remember because it's the basic law of cause and effect. The second is the law of responsibility. This is where people take responsibility over their own lives and actions. Number three, the law of power. I am powerless over my behavior. However, I can become responsible for what I do have the power to do. Number four, the law of respect. If we condemn others' boundaries, then we can expect them to condemn ours as well. Number five, the law of motivation. This is really important. What are the true motivations behind setting your boundaries? This is where we often talk about passive aggressive behaviors and so on and so forth. Number six, the law of evaluation. This is knowing the difference between hurting and harming someone, AKA manipulation. Number seven is the law of proactivity, setting boundaries before interactions actually happen. So again, we are being proactive rather than reactive. Number eight, the law of envy, a destructive sin or behavior that guarantees that we will not get what we want and it keeps us perpetually dissatisfied. Number nine, the law of activity. Many times we have a boundary problem because we lack initiative. It's really important to know why are we not setting that boundary? What is the behavior behind it? Again, this is where playing into a behavior chain analysis with your DBT therapist is really vital. And number 10, the law of exposure. Your boundaries need to be made visible to others and we need to communicate them in our relationships. I know I went through those pretty quickly and each one of them actually could take a whole podcast of their own. There's so many great examples about how to build and implement these principles into your life. Setting boundaries is difficult at first, but as you gain some traction and some positive reinforcement, you'll see that it's worth it so much. The power of saying no and the power of saying yes when you want to is really important. Really understanding that relationships deserve boundaries. In fact, it makes them so much healthier and we don't have to resent people as much. There really is a lot of freedom in setting boundaries. The next book is a book a lot of people either enjoy reading or it's a really tough read because it's kind of convicting. And that is Codependent No More by Melody Beattie. So this book has been around for a lot longer than Boundaries. It has sold more copies than Boundaries, and it really is another crossover book. While it has biblical undertones, if you were to take those elements out, it would still be very impactful nonetheless. So what is codependency? 
Well, according to Melody, a codependent person is one who has let another person's behaviors affect him or her and who is obsessed with controlling that person's behavior. Now, I'm sure this is maybe a new concept for you, or maybe you don't know of anyone, but I'd like to maybe give you an example of someone or people you might know in your life who you've seen with codependency. Maybe you have a friend who worries themselves sick of what other people are doing, or they just feel that in their nature, um, they need to rescue others and take care of everyone else. Now, again, I'm not calling you codependent. And it is kind of important to realize that there are certain behaviors that we might do in our life that have codependency-ish behaviors, right? So playing the victim or helping others or not taking responsibility or overtaking responsibility, these are things that can become very dangerous over a period of time. So learning about codependency is just as important. Identifying it in yourself and identifying it in others' behaviors is also very freeing. So this book is a book I refer to for many people who have come from a home where there's been maybe a divorce and one of the parents has either tried to control or manipulate or use you as their personal therapist. Ugh. These are not easy topics. They're not easy because remember, we're talking about breaking the cycle. The cycle of the way we've done things for so long that really has not allowed us to live the best life. So while we're bringing these to light, and yes, it does fall on you to finally decide on if you're going to break this cycle. That's the awareness we talk about in DBT so much. Awareness and change have to go hand in hand. I have to know what's happening in order to change what's not working. So realize that this is not to make you feel like, oh my gosh, I have this terrible history or tragedy in my family. No, it's more to say, okay, awareness as to what's happening and I don't want this to continue in my family. So while this is not easy, it is also freeing. The next book is not one I think that you expect to come across. In fact, it's not one that you would probably see right off the bat whenever you Google great therapy books. It's a book I refer a lot to people because there's more trauma in our life than we want to admit. And trauma feels very dramatic even saying that word sometimes. In fact, when we think it, we think, again, post-traumatic stress, anyone who's been in a major war or they've been in a major accident or there's been something traumatic happen. Wow. Uh, I think we've had more trauma in our life than we really do want to admit, which is fair. So the book is Trauma Stewardship. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we have to have stewardship, not only our finances, but over our trauma and our emotions too. Again, this goes hand in hand with emotion regulation in DBT. 
So Trauma Stewardship is written by Laura Van Dernut Lipisky. I'm sure I just butchered her name. And she is fabulous. She is absolutely fabulous because she interweaves truth and facts and science and humor, which is so necessary when talking about trauma. So many of us get cynical or angry or we have all of these secondary things that happen when we don't even realize that we've had trauma that's happened in our life. Now, I used to be so much more focused as a therapist on trauma. And as much as I enjoy it, and I was a trauma therapist, I have backed off to only stewardship my own trauma. I know, right? Who would have thought that I have limits as well, right? But remember, trauma stewardship is not just for me to model. It's also for any individual to have to keep track of. So maybe you're in a job where you see a lot of trauma or you come across a lot of stories about it. Laura states that there are 16 different actions or responses that we have in response to trauma. Okay. Hypervigilance, diminished creativity, inability to embrace complexity, minimizing chronic exhaustion or physical ailments, inability to listen or deliberately avoiding dissociative moments, a sense of persecution, guilt, fear, anger, and cynicism, inability to empathize, aka numbing, addictions, grandiosity, which is an inflated sense of importance related to your work, feeling helpless and hopeless, and a sense that no one can ever do enough. Now, I'm sure you are just so healthy that you've not ever experienced any of those. Okay, that's just rude. Okay, I apologize. So here's the thing. I think all of us have experienced some of these at some point. It doesn't mean that you've experienced this massive trauma just because you're angry. Yet if this is stuff that repeats over and over in your daily life, and you really are starting to see that this is really interfering with the rest of my my job or my relationships, then it is something definitely to go back to and say, where did this start? What happened? Did I just hit a breaking point? And was I just not able to overcome something? You'll never believe the things that actually impact or the are the straw that breaks the camel's back. It can be the little t trauma of things that impact us over time. They just build and build. This can sometimes be emotional abuse. It can be that subtle, my boss undermines me constantly. The manipulation that comes from a parent or spouse or gaslighting that comes from a terrible relationship. It can also be the big T trauma, which is what you probably think of when you think of trauma. And that is a major event that's happened, like a a car accident or medical trauma, or you've lost someone unexpectedly. No matter what, it actually creates more suffering 
the less that we become aware of what has happened in our life. That avoidance, denial, the overuse of some of the other coping strategies that we might use, you know, like addictions, like sugar and caffeine and alcohol and drugs, legal or non. Remember, we're not out here to make your life miserable. In fact, our goal is to identify things that are affecting your life and implement change when necessary. So those are my top three books. They are my top three recommendations. I've probably sent more people to Amazon to buy those books. What's great is that those books are all $10 or under on Amazon. I really want you to look and see what are you reading? What are you pouring into your life? What are great resources that you think that you would also share with others? Remember, I will have all of these on my blog at findingmiddlepath.com. And I hope that you continue to subscribe with us and follow up on all things DBT and the resources that are connected to it. Remember, I'm going to try and drop a podcast about once a week. If you have questions, you can reach out to me at middlepathmo at gmail.com or find me on social media at Finding Middle Path. Thanks again for tuning in and I will talk with you next time about all things DBT.